This Times of Refreshing podcast is designed to strengthen and encourage you in your walk with the Lord. These teachings and inspirations are shared from the hearts of Aaron and Melanie Immel. We hope you find the revelation of God's Word and His Spirit to be refreshing and life-changing. And blasting into the new year with joy and the fire of God in our hearts. If you agree with that, say amen. 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 I want to talk to you tonight about the power of rejoicing. Anybody, anybody ever rejoice in your life? We're going to talk about it. We're going to stir ourselves up about the power. There's power in rejoicing. It's wonder-working power. It's not just a little bit of power. It's life-changing, devil-destroying, circumstance-removing, mountain-moving power. Amen. In rejoicing. Paul said in Philippians chapter 4, a very familiar verse of scripture, said, verse 4, Rejoice in the Lord always, and again I say, rejoice. Rejoice in the Lord always, and again I say, rejoice. Did you know Paul used the word joy or rejoice or some form of that word 16 times in the book of Philippians alone? I think he was trying to say something. How about you? I think there's an importance in rejoicing that Paul is emphasizing in the scripture. Rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I say rejoice. Amen. Joy is important. Rejoicing is important. Joy, the word joy, uh, rejoicing, praising, shouting, Delighting in the Lord. Declaring the word of the Lord. Those are all interconnected to our faith. And our understanding and revelation of God. And our relationship with God. Joy. Rejoicing. Praising. Where does that come from? It comes from faith in God. It comes from what we know about God. The revelation of who he is. And who we are. And what we have. We're going to talk about some of these things for the next few minutes. We're going to grab on to some of these things. Some of these things. Some of us are going to refire this area of our lives. Some of us are going to build on what we've been doing with rejoicing and walking in joy and praising God and even shouting to the Lord. Well, you know, we don't need to get so emotional. You heard that? You have people that they don't believe in emotions. Well. It's going to be noisy in heaven. That's right. Heaven is a joyful That's place. Right. Do you realize that? Heaven is <clears throat> joyful all the time. There's rejoicing going on 24-7. Yes. It's not going to be quiet. Oh, I'm sure there'll be moments of quiet and worship and all of that. But there's joy. Anywhere Jesus went, there was joy. Joy broke loose. Dead people came back to life in joy in the presence of the Lord. There's something about it, isn't there? Let's look at some scriptures. Psalm 1611 is one of my favorite scriptures. And the last part of it says, In your presence, talking about the Lord, In your presence is fullness of joy. Not just a little bit, 
Now, what was the dippity do commercial back in the day? I don't know if you were that old. It says, a little dabble do ya? Wasn't that dippity do or something? Brill cream. Was that brill cream? Oh, see, that was way before my time. <laughs> I was there. I was there. I was there. You're a witness? You guys are a witness? A little dab will do you. I don't know what Dippity Doo's commercial thing was. We don't care, do we? <laughs> a little dab will do you. Well, when you're talking about the joy of the Lord, when you're talking about the presence of the Lord, a little dab will knock you over. A little dab is okay, but we want the fullness. We're talking about the presence of God. Every scripture you look at, when you when you hear about God coming in on the scene, the presence of the Lord in the Holy of Holies, the presence of the Lord in the temple, it knocked the priests over. When the, when the glory cloud of God came into the temple, the priests fell on the ground, unable to perform their duties because of the power and the presence of God. That's what happens when we get into His presence. We receive the fullness of joy. Fullness. I want to walk in fullness. Do I walk in fullness all the time? Absolutely not. I leak. I'm a, I'm a clay vessel, an earthen vessel. And I leak. I need to be continuously filled. Amen. I need to be refilled. Amen. It's like checking your oil. Have you checked your oil? We need to check our oil. It's not a one-time thing. Amen. And the fullness of joy comes in His presence. Guess what? He dwells in you. Well, I need to get to church so I can feel, feel the presence of God. Time out. Yes, you can come to church, and we do. And we feel the corporate, wonderful, manifested presence of God when we're in one heart and one mind worshiping Him. Amen. Our heart's on Him, and His presence fills the place that we're meeting. It's wonderful. But you can receive and, and live with the fullness of God's presence every day, no matter where you are. Because He lives inside of us. That's just good news right there. See, we have to get the revelation of that. Because that isn't normal. That's not natural. That's supernatural. That's above and beyond what we learned in school. Great school and secular school. We didn't learn about the fullness of God, did we? Maybe some of you did. I don't know. I didn't. I learned how to smoke weed in high school. That's how I. That's what I learned about being high. Now I'm high in the most high, right? On the most high. That's a cliche, cliche statement, but it sounds good. It gets some people as people's attention. Amen. I, I don't smoke dope anymore. I'm high on the most high. I like that. There's nothing wrong with that. Are you high on the most high? I am. I was born again, as I shared last time, one of the last times. At June of 1980. And I've never come down yet. <laughs> Amen? Amen? I've never come down yet. Amen. Now, all our personalities are all different. You may be a quiet person. That's okay. But you can still rejoice. Yes. And rejoice always in the Lord. You can still give praise to God. Amen. Maybe you don't want to shout. Sometimes you need to. You heard that. There's another commercial. I don't know why we're on commercials tonight. Remember the, the spray? The spray shouted out, or whatever it was, the cleaning fluid shouted out. Sometimes that's what we need to do with the problem in our life. Shout it out. That's right. With a, a a mountain in our way, shout it out of the way. It's a, it's a revelation of who we are and what we have. Woo! God's proud of us. God God is for us, not against us. 
He wants us to win and succeed and overcome. Just like you want your children to, to succeed and overcome and be strong. Amen? Be successful. That's how God the Father is for our hearts as towards us. His heart towards us. And we do that by understanding what we have, who we are, who He is, and apply these principles of His Word. Amen. Let's go on. Got to move. Got to move. Amen. <laughs> Nehemiah 8.10, another familiar verse of Scripture says, For the joy of the Lord is your strength. Well, what do you know about that? So, in His presence is fullness of joy, and the joy of the Lord is our strength. Sounds like a winning combination going on there. Sounds like a recharging, refiring. Presence of the Lord is fullness. The joy of the Lord is my strength. The presence of the Lord is fullness of joy. The joy of the Lord is my strength. It sounds like the way we ought to live. Ha <laughs> ha. Woo. <laughs> Listen to this. We talk about refilling. In Acts chapter 13, verse 52, the disciples were filled with joy and with the Holy Spirit. The followers of Jesus were filled with joy and the Holy Spirit. Guess what? There is no sad Holy Spirit. I heard that from somebody. There is no sad Holy Ghost. You can get baptized with a sad Holy Ghost. You got baptized with the Holy Ghost in fire and the joy of the Lord. Why? Because it comes from heaven and heaven is full of joy. Heaven is rejoicing right now. When we enter those gates, there's going to be some shouting and some rejoicing going on like we've never seen or experienced. And I'm excited and waiting for that. I'm, I'm running towards that. How about you? <laughs> Glory to God. The disciples were filled with joy in the Holy Spirit. The Amplified Version says that the disciples were continually filled with joy and the Holy Spirit. It's a continual process. Well, I was baptized back in 19-whatever. Yes. I have my little certificate. Baptized in the Holy Ghost. Verified. Certified Holy Ghost and fire. I've never used it since, but I sure got it back then. Hello. Like I said before, we're vessels of the Holy Spirit. We're containers. We're made with clay. We're earthen vessels. We leak. It's just that simple. Uh, Jesus said, you know, you don't need to, a whole bath. You just need your feet washed, right? If you're born again, you don't need to get born again again. You just need to be have the washing of the water of the word for the, the dirt of this life. Your feet that travel through the secular world every day and, and get beat up by, you know, people that don't love God and and anti-Christ stuff and you get refreshed and your feet are washed and you're, you're polished up and shined up and refilled. Amen. We need to live in a continual infilling of joy and the Holy Ghost. Amen. I like it. Yes. I'm liking it a lot. Amen. Me too. Amen. So it's a state that the actual Greek word for, for filled with joy means continually filled, not at one time Thing, but continuously. That's amazing. Yeah. So if if the scripture says that that's what is happening, that means it's for us too. Oh, yeah. It wasn't just for the disciples. There wasn't an expiration date 
on the scriptures, on the promises, and on the word of the Lord. Amen? Amen. Aren't you glad for that? The disciples were so full of joy and the Holy Ghost that people actually thought they were drunk. Amen. They did. You know the story. Acts chapter 2. And when the day of Pentecost was fully come and they were all with one accord in one place, and suddenly there came a sound from heaven as a, a rushing mighty wind. And it filled all the house where they were sitting. There, there appeared unto them cloven tongues like as of fire. And it sat upon each of them. And they were all filled with the Holy Ghost. Verse 15 says, When Peter stood up, he said, answering the crowd, What does this mean? What's going on? And some people said, Ah, they're drunk on new wine. Peter stood up and said, For these are not drunken as you suppose, or as it appears, or as you perceive or think. Seeing it is but the third hour of the day. Verse 16. But this is that which was spoken by the prophet Joel. And he began to quote the, the prophecy of the outpouring of the Holy Spirit on men and women, sons and daughters. Being filled with the Holy Ghost sets you on fire. What do people do when they see a burning house? They run and look. What's going on? Let me see. Wow, it draws people's attention. It draws people to Jesus if it's the fire of God burning in you. It isn't just about us, is it? It's not just about us. See, here's how many, a large percentage of Christians, including myself at times, have lived. I picture it this way. Just trying to do the dog paddle. I never was good at it. The dog paddle in the water, just keeping your nose just above water, just surviving, just maintaining, just enough to get by for yourself. Nothing for anybody else. You're no help to anyone. I'm not talking about you. I'm talking about other people. No help to anyone else when we're just dog paddling, trying not to drown ourselves, right? But when we're full, when we're being filled continually, we're on fire and we desire more from God. We understand we're having greater and greater revelation and understanding. We're seeking God. We're crying out to God for more. The Bible says if you ask, you shall receive. And the fire of God burns on the inside of us and it draws people to Jesus. Then we're helping others. We're bringing others to heaven with us. Somebody say amen. amen. So our job as believers is to get to the point that we've got the basics down. We're not trying to figure out how to just survive. We're taking charge. We're taking charge. We're telling things the way they are. We're praying for people and their lives are changing. We're praying for people at work and their circumstances change. I've heard of this somewhere before. I think it's in the Bible. It's in the New Testament. It happens everywhere a child of God rises up and takes their place in Jesus and believes what the Word says. Amen? Good stuff, eh? Amen? Almost sounded like I was from Canada, eh? <laughs> so you can have the Holy Ghost, the joy of the Lord affecting you so much that someone might think you've been drinking. And, and that's, you know, I'm not glorifying or elevating drink, drunkenness, but I am glorifying and elevating the impact that the Holy Spirit of God 
has for us. wanted to use his boat to preach and he preached and then Jesus wanted to bless him he said Peter take your boat out and cast your net on the right side he said excuse me Lord I'm a professional fisherman here um, we've been out all night when the time is right to fish and we haven't caught a thing all night so you know but because you say so right you remember the story he says, he's going, he goes, okay, I'll do it, Lord, okay. He's, going, he's rolling his eyes to the other fisherman, like, okay, let's do this. I don't know what he's talking about. Why do we have to throw our nets on the right side of the boat? So they go out there and they throw the nets on the right side of the boat. He said, right, not left. Something happened. Amen? I don't know if an angel went down into the water with a sign that says shrimp feet. Feast on the right side of Peter's boat. I don't know what, what went on in underneath the water there, but every fish in that lake showed up on the right side of Peter's boat. Hello? Yeah. Caught so many fish, the nets are breaking, and the boat is sinking. And Peter fell down and said, I'm a sinful man. He realized he saw the fire of God. He saw the manifested power of God. And it changed him, and he became a follower of Jesus that moment. Hello? Then you see Peter uh, in the courtyard on the night of Jesus' crucifixion. The night before, right? And you see that him denying Jesus three times, just like the Lord spoke. Think about that. You've been following Jesus for three years. You're, you're one of his top, top leaders, top trusted followers. You're in the ministry full-time with Jesus Christ. <laughs> That's some good credentials. And then when you get under a little bit of pressure and a little girl asks you, aren't you one of his followers? And he goes, I don't even know him. Cuss, cuss, cuss. Three times. And he's cursing. Woo! He wasn't Peter, man of faith and power. He was like Peter, man of paste and flour at that moment. Have you heard that one? Wow. See, this is prior to him being full of the Holy Ghost. What happened when he got filled with joy and the Holy Ghost? On the day of Pentecost, he stood up to the whole city and, and proclaimed who Jesus was. Forty days before, he denied that he even knew Jesus. He was a chicken. He was scared and he denied Jesus. But when he was filled with the power that came from heaven, he was a different person. And that's what I'm telling you tonight. Rejoicing and praising and thanking God does something to you. It changes us. It changes us from the inside out. Amen. Paul said to stir up the inner fire that's on the inside of us. The fire of the Holy Ghost. Praying in the Spirit. Amen. Worshiping, praising God. Amen. Can't go through all, all the 
wonderful scriptures that there are. I only have a few on my paper, and we're not even going to be able to go to all those. There's so many. I encourage you to dig into the Word of God and find verses about, about praising the Lord and the effects of it. But I want to cover a couple in the next few minutes that we have. Praise God. So joy and praising God, when you come to church and praise the Lord, when you're driving in your car and you start praising God and thanking God, that's an expression of your faith. Amen. You're expressing what you believe about God. Do you, do you agree with that? I think we need to be doing that a whole lot more, don't you? Amen. Yes. Woo! The earth is waiting for the for the declaration of the sons and daughters of God in the earth to, to say who God is and what He's going to do. We have a job to do to declare Him and manifest His glory and goodness in the earth. It's us, folks. We're the carriers of the fire. And it manifests when we open our mouths and give Him praise and thanksgiving and declare His word. Hallelujah. God is who He says He is. And He is doing what He said He would do. And I am who He says I am. Amen? Amen. Woo! Joy is an expression of faith. So it's a good test. If we're not, if we're not experiencing a whole lot of joy, there's two things going on. Either we don't have our faith to the level we want it, or we're not disciplining ourselves to express what we already have and know. Because joy is not a feeling, it is a decision. Oh, there's a lot of feelings that come with joy. A lot of, and there's emotion that can come with joy. But the true joy of heaven that's on the inside of us is a decision. Praising God is a decision. Faith is a decision, not a feeling. Hello? Well, you know, I, I, I'm, I hope I have faith. I, I, I feel like I had faith. And then now I, I feel kind of, I don't feel like I have faith. Like I have some thoughts of doubt. Scripture didn't ever say you wouldn't have thoughts of doubt. It says that you need to decide what you believe. Yeah. That's just good preaching right there. <laughs> what is faith? Choosing to believe what God says instead of what you see, what you hear, what it feels like, what it looks like, what it, what it seems like, what Sister Susie says it's like, what the media says it's going to happen. No. Choosing to believe what God says is faith in operation. Amen. Amen. And praise and joy and rejoicing is an expression of that faith. Woo! I'm just burdened. Burdened with the fire of God. How's that? Amen. Nothing wrong with that, is there? Yes, hallelujah. Hebrews 12 says this about Jesus. He knew who he was and, and what he had. And he knew his assignment. And he, he was encouraged. In Hebrews 12, 2 and 3, fixing our eyes on Jesus, the pioneer and perfecter of our faith. For the joy set before him, he endured the cross, scorning its shame and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Consider him who endured such opposition from sinners so that you will not grow weary and lose heart. In other words, take the example of Jesus. He saw the joy set before him. He saw the plan of God for his life. He knew what God said the outcome of his life would be. 
and his obedience to God. Sometimes it's hard to obey God. Sometimes it's hard to keep doing the right thing, to, to be faithful in serving the Lord, to go to church, to serve, to do this, to do that, to pray, to believe. Sometimes everything in the whole wide world is coming against us and telling us we're stupid and ridiculous for believing that religious nonsense. Hello? But Jesus seeing the joy. Remember what we're talking about. Joy comes. Joy comes from our faith. It comes from, it's an expression of faith. But joy, uh, well, Jesus had faith in what God had spoken. And he fixed his eyes. He fixed himself on that joy at the end of the race. And gave us an example. Amen? Amen. <laughs> so there's an expression of faith. Amen. Then, then joy and rejoicing comes from revelation. Can you say amen? amen. When, when the Lord reveals His promises to us, it sparks joy. Did you know every one of us has a measure of faith? Every man has a measure of faith. Every person. You use that faith to get saved. Every person, saved or unsaved, has a measure of faith. And when they hear the truth, when their spirit perceives the truth that comes from God, that measure of faith says that's the truth. Whether they acknowledge it or not, whether they accept it or not, they know. They have a knower. God has given every person the ability to know the truth or else we're all just robots and no one can make a decision. Right? When did you decide to, to get born again? Before you were saved or after? After. Oh, sorry. I said it wrong. Before. Your faith said, I believe that's the truth and I accept it, right? So, so our faith comes from revelation and then our joy comes from that faith. Amen. Listen to this. A couple more minutes here. 1 Peter 1, 8 and 9. Though you have not seen him, you love him. Even though you do not see him now, you believe in him and are filled with inexpressible and glorious joy. For you are receiving the end result of your faith. There's three things in this verse I want you to get. First came believing without seeing. Yeah. Faith is believing without having to see it first. Yeah. Right? So there's this believing. Then the verse goes on to talk about that we're filled with inexpressible and glorious joy. For you are receiving the end result of your faith. So we see here, we can use a pattern here that we see. The believing comes first. And in between the believing and the receiving, there's a bunch of joy and praising and thanking God. Before you see the result of your faith. Amen. That's why it's called a test of faith. Because if it was easy, you wouldn't need faith. You just say, okay, I'll, I'll choose that. Yeah, bring it on. No opposition, no battles, no resistance, no difficulty, no struggle, right? How many of you have experienced that's how life is, right? No, not at all. We need to get a hold of our faith and stir ourselves up on the revelation we receive from God's word about the situation that we're dealing with, amen? And we need to get settled on what we believe. We need to quit being wishy-washy. Well, I don't know if I can believe that. Oh, my goodness. 
It looks like this and it looks like that. And all these people at work said this. What do you believe? What do we believe? We grab onto the scripture. And we believe in our heart. And then we can rejoice that what God says is true about the situation. I hope I'm helping somebody in this place. I'm helping me. And, and as we rejoice and thank God, we receive. It may not happen overnight. It may not happen instantly. But if it's a promise, all His promises are yes and amen. It may not happen exactly like you say it. It may not happen exactly like you think it should be. Because God knows better than we do. Somebody say amen. Amen. I'm more than willing to let God help me figure it out. Because I can't. If I think I know everything I need. And every little detail of how I should pray and use my faith. I'm fooling myself. I don't know. I'm a human being in a clay vessel. And I don't know. But God knows. And he loves me. Yes. Amen. And if I make a mistake asking and praying a certain way, guess what? If I yield to his will, he will either fix what I messed up or he will overshadow what I was trying to do. Like a little kid that's trying to put a model together and they're gluing everything on backwards and getting their fingers stuck to the parts. The dad comes over the top and overrides what he's doing and makes it look like it's supposed to. And the kid goes, look what I did. <laughs> that's our daddy God. Amen. He helps us when we know not what to pray. The Holy Ghost prays through us the perfect will of God. All right. One more scripture, maybe two, and then we'll pray. Is that okay? Got another couple minutes? Okay. Not, not long. Just long enough. Psalm 119, verse 162. Everybody have that memorized? Yeah. <laughs> I rejoice in your word like one who discovers great treasure. Woo. The, I rejoice in your word like one who discovers great treasure. See, rejoicing comes from revelation. And when we put honor to God's word, when we put our faith in and say, you know what? This is the word that comes from the creator God himself. I think I can believe it. In fact, God, I'm going to take you at your word. I'm going to believe the promises of God. And when you do, you rejoice in the word that you receive. Whether it's by the written word or revelation from the Holy Spirit that's uh, concerning the word of God. Or maybe a gift of the Spirit is operating and showing you something by the spoken word of God. Yeah. By the Holy Ghost. Amen. And you choose to believe it. And you treat the word of the Lord just like it's hidden, discovered treasure. What would you do if you are digging your turnip patch in your backyard and you hit something clunk and you start digging and you find a whole huge treasure chest full of money? You'd say, oh, well, whatever. And you go back in the house and watch TV, right? No! You'd do a little bit of rejoicing, I think, wouldn't we? We'd be jumping around, we'd be making phone calls, we'd be videoing and live streaming and whatever else. Going crazy. Forget the live stream, you don't want to know where the, where, you don't want to give it away, right? You'd be jumping and shouting and woohooing a little bit, I think. You'd probably skip your Gilligan's Island show in the house. Anybody remember Gilligan's Island? Anybody remember any commercials from Gilligan's Island? Amen! 
a little bit of rejoicing going on when we treat the Word of God like hidden treasure that we have discovered it has been revealed to us. It's valuable. It's priceless. It's treasure. It's riches to our soul. It's riches to our spirit. If we receive the Word of God that way, we're going to have a huge reservoir of praise and joy and rejoicing that comes from the revelation of God's Word. So there's multiple ways that joy comes to us and our faith is a vital part of that. But the joy of the Holy Ghost comes to us as a manifestation of His Spirit, as we talked about earlier. The joy can come to you in a manifested presence of the Lord. Amen. 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 Ephesians chapter 5 says, Don't be drunk on wine, but be full of the Holy Spirit. Whoa. So you can drink and drink and drink deeply of the things of the Spirit and keep the joy bubbling and overflowing. You can't overflow and help others if you're not full yourself. Overflow doesn't happen until your glass is all the way to the top and then more. Hello. This is exciting. This is our assignment. We take life way too serious sometimes. We need to be walking around full of the joy of the Lord. Full of faith. Full of joy. Full of peace in His presence. His fullness of everything we need. Amen. As we approach this new year, we can approach this new year with victory. Not with... with uh, Waiting to see what's how it's going to turn out. Amen? I'm not waiting to see what they tell me. I'm not waiting to see if it's going to be a good year or not. Amen. Every year's a good year. Oh, there's bad things that happen. That's because we're living down in a broken down world. Yeah. I'm believing to see the goodness of God in the land of the living. Amen. And I'm going to use my faith. And I'm going to praise and exalt God. I'm going to lift His name up. Because the scripture says that praise stills the enemy. Praise silences the enemy. I'm, I need to do a whole lot more silencing than I've done in my past. I need to shut the devil up. I need to shut up the enemy's lies. How do you do that? Praise. Exalting God above every situation. Exalting the truth and revelation of God's word above the lies that are coming at you. A lot of people are more sensitive and able to detect when the devil is talking to them more than they're able to tell when God's speaking to their hearts. No, did I say that in church? Yes, I did. It's true, isn't it? Well, the devil told me this. The devil told me that. What did God say? I don't know. Well, first you got the written word. And then as you rejoice in the Lord, as you look at the Word of God as treasure, it just gets gooder and gooder, as they say. How about that, you English teachers? Amen. 